Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. G'day, welcome to Backchat. I'm Will Schofield. A big thanks to our sponsors, Bluebet, Shelter Brewing Co., Whippersnapper Whiskey, Margaret River Roasting Co., and Leadable Cameras, of course. Welcome to this special edition of Backchat, brought to you by KO Sports, UFC 284, right here in Perth on Sunday, Feb 12, at RAC Arena, right in the backyard of Backchat. You can order it now on main event on KO Sports to watch wherever you are. If you're not in Perth or you can't get to the fight because it's a sellout, you can watch us on main event via KO Sports. If you're new to this podcast, we interview elite athletes every week, focusing on insight, mindset, a couple of laughs along the way. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Subscribe to us on any podcast platform. Watch us on YouTube. You can subscribe there as well. Find everything you need at backchatpodcast.com.au or on socials, backchat double underscore. We are very lucky ahead of UFC 284 to be joined by three of the best mixed martial artists who will be fighting on the card here in Perth. They're all Aussies, Josh Kulabau, Tyson Pedro, and Jack Jenkins. Some bloody Jack, uh, some bloody Jack, I'll say that again. Some bloody great chats coming up. Let's get into it. Welcome to a special edition of Back Chat. That's right, brought to you by KO Sports. You don't want to miss this one, the, one of the biggest UFC events to ever come to Australia, UFC 284, Sunday, Feb 12, right here in Perth. That's right, it's coming to Back Chat. Order now on main event, thanks to KO Sports. And you can see this man, Tyson Pedro, in action. G'day, Tyson. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. That was a good introduction, brother. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you off air, mate. I used to play footy and um, uh, getting hit by blokes and getting my absolute ring handed to me in the goal square was a lot easier than trying to do this media game, mate. So um, we appreciate we appreciate you joining us. We're going to do our best to uh, jump over into the MMA world. Awesome. Now, I haven't given you much warning for this first one. Our guests, <laughs> our sporting our sporting stars we have on this podcast, Is we ask the same – no, no, no. We, we ask the same question. We ask the same question yeah. to everyone that's come on, right? Now, we've seen what you can do in a cage. We know you're a good fighter. You're, you're a title winner. You're, you're in the UFC. You're one of the best to do it in Australia. But I want to know what your greatest ever sporting achievement is not as a fighter, not in the cage. I want Whoa. to know what you can do not as a fighter. Now, I've got a, I've got a follow-up question to this that – I, I have an inkling that maybe some AFL blood in you somewhere, but uh, <laughs> what have you what have you done that's not fighting? You've got to, you you must have grown up playing sport. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'll give I, you an example played, for me. Played everything, man. Um, What's the best thing you've ever done? Even as a kid, I was an under nine state hurdling champion. Can oh, you state beat that? hurdling champion. I played state. <laughs> I played. I'm pretty sure. Uh, state. I played state basketball, volleyball. Uh, not volleyball. Uh, yeah, volleyball. It was volleyball. Volleyball and okay. basketball, but um, trying to think what else I did. But my parents, I was very lucky, man. My parents, my mum, well, my mum put me into everything. I played tennis. Um, yeah, it's so like uh, so I was lucky to get to try out things, but I'd, I'd probably say I was 
Volleyball, bro. I loved volleyball. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Okay, there you go. Some of you don't know about Tyson Pedro. Now, uh, my follow-up to that is I was just doing a bit of research. I saw a little sit-down with your old man, John. Yeah. He mentioned something about the Sydney Swans. He reckons you were down there trying out. They wanted you yeah. in the back line. Is that correct or is he just no, making things up? No, I don't know if it was the Swans. I think it was the Swans recruitment or something. They were out in Penrith and, um, yeah, I tried out for – it's definitely not for me, brother. I don't know how you play it. <laughs> we had one tryout. Like, I, I can jump and catch a ball. Like, that was easy for me. But the whole bouncing and shit, like, I, I was out of my element. So, that, that was like, that, they were like intrigued at like the natural the talent. But that was, it was like a, yeah, they were not keen on me. You'll as be happy to know if, if you put me head to head in a cage with uh, gloves on, I think I'd be as embarrassed as you were on the footy field, mate. So uh, we can share that at least. What's what's life growing up for Tyson Pedro? You, you're old man. We just spoke about John Pedro. He's owner of King of the Cage. Um, yep. Put MMA on the map effectively in Australia. What's what's uh, growing up like for you? Yeah, uh, it was it, it was always fighting for me. My dad didn't want me to fight. He wanted me to go to uni. Uh, you know, um, where. Uh, do as I do, do as I say, not as I do. So he's, um, <laughs> uh, it, it was always the road for me. Uh, I got I got like a lot of um, my like discipline and everything from martial arts. Like you know, um, when we come home from school, Dad'd have like a tape around uh, a kick bag, and we weren't we we're only allowed to come inside unless you do like a certain amount of kicks and sh- shit like that. So um, uh, Dad instilled that work ethic in us, and uh, I think um, that's what sort of made me now today. He was he was pretty hard on you. Is that is that is that fair to say? Like, I yeah, mean, he's still yeah, in your corner yeah. now when you fight, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, definitely. Like, um, uh, I think outsiders looking in would probably call it abuse. <laughs> 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 but uh, um, I guess uh, I, at the time you don't really understand when they're being hard on you, but uh, I know now that it sort of like forged the person I am. So, uh, like. I've only been knocked out twice, and both times were by my dad. So, <laughs> <laughs> is, is, that, is that true? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it, it, it's probably not that funny, but Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, it's um, it wasn't funny at the time, but uh, you know, it's like um, in my head still, I still think to this day, like obviously there are people that will punch harder than me, but it's like sort of giving me that thing that no one will ever hit me as hard as my dad did. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. we like it. Okay, so he's he's ruled with the uh, with the stick a little bit, but like you said, it's it's flowed into you as a fighter, and you're doing great things. Um, you've been in the game for a while. You, you missed some time with injury. I want to get into that in a little bit, but mm. you know we're not traditionally an MMA podcast. We speak to mm. elite athletes, which you are one of those. Can you mm. tell listeners and audience that maybe not massive into NBA uh, MMA what? What um what sort of fighter are you? How do you fight? I remember watching you in Perth and I yeah. like what I saw. Yeah, so I th- I think uh, initially I would say that I was like I had because I have a jiu-jitsu background. We started Japanese jiu-jitsu when I was 4 years old. So uh, that was really instilled in me uh and um uh, Japanese jiu-jitsu, I don't know, it was more for war than Brazilian jiu-jitsu was de- uh, designed for self-defense. So um hmm. uh, uh then I got into boxing. So I, ha- I sort of had this weird combination of uh jiu-jitsu and boxing. And uh, it wasn't until later on that I got the wrestling background. So um, my hands are good. My uh, my grappling's good. And um, now I've come down to city kickboxing in New Zealand to try and get good at, even better at my stand-up and my kickboxing. Yeah, unreal. I want to ask you about city kickboxing in New Zealand, some big names coming out of there. Um, it, you know, the fight game, you've, you've got to make your way through, I assume, as an Australian fighter fighting in, you know, local – promotions um but the ufc is that it's that pinnacle right the one you want you want to reach um is it true before your first fight you you rang dana white and and you said if anyone pulls out i want in is that true um i I don't didn't ring him i didn't have his number but i i I think (laughs) i sent a message or something or sent something um to someone i had written it in my diary that i was going to fight in november for um uh, yeah for the ufc if um uh yeah, like weird how it manifested, man. Uh, it was like exactly how I wrote it, and uh, wow. Um, uh, yeah, it was just like it shouldn't have happened. I'd only had four fights, uh, like professional. I've had more fights now inside the UFC than I did outside of the UFC. Just like wow. um, uh, so it was. Uh, it's not usually the route that it's taken, but um, it uh, worked out for me. 
So that first fight in the UFC, you were on a reserve list, and by the sounds of it, thanks to Dana White and a text message, uh, Luke Rockhold pulls out, he does his ACL, you come in, you have a big win, um, 2018's a big year for you, you sign a big mm. deal with the UFC, a six-fight deal, which is, a, which is you know, it's a, it's a huge deal, but uh, shortly after, you're in a fight and, and you, you injure your knee, yeah. um, and, and then, you know, you, you miss a lot of time through that. What, what's that been like? What's, what's that fight been like for you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm sure you can understand. Beb, um, playing yourself. Uh, well, if assuming you've had injuries, but uh, it was uh, yeah. like it's it's so much different than uh, um, not like it's just different. Uh, especially when you're in that team environment. Like I guess with AFL, um, uh, I assume it's like with uh, the NRL. I've only spoken to those boys. They have like their injured group or whatever, and they all have to meet up and they train. And the uh, with yeah. MMA, it's it's all on me. So it's like, if I don't turn up yeah. to my rehab, it's like, it's not getting done if I'm not doing this. So, um, the, the, it's the support network. I was lucky was my family. So, um, uh, huh. but four, four years off, uh, like three, three knee, re, uh, two knee recos, three surgeries. And, uh, it was just like anyone, man, we all go through our ups and downs and, uh, obviously not getting paid in that time. So you're trying to find other ways for money. And it's, uh, it was, um, a long road back, but everything uh, was supposed to happen that way for me. Uh, I got uh, to figure out with businesses and also had my baby daughter who that, that was a blessing. So, um, and now because of all of that, I think uh, the mental uh, aspect of the fight game that like, because I was able just to become a student of the fight game, like the mental side of it for in that time off, just uh, learning um, how to be the best version of myself as well. So, uh, it was all all meant to be, and it's um, made me a better fighter because of it. It's unreal, mate. Um, yeah, I don't. I, that's um, you know, people listening along to be able to do that for four years, let alone one year with an ACL, but to miss four years and mm. have it on yourself, it's uh, incredible. It's good to hear. Do you, do you love fighting? Like, is it? It's, it sounds like it's in your blood. Yeah. Is it something you love? And if it is, is is it? How does it feel to be doing it again? Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. And um, I'm getting tingles now thinking about it. It's like um, that's. Yes. Uh, I think that's what the hardest thing about being off was is like when you know when you found what you love doing and then that's taken like taken away from you it's hard to figure out who you are it's like you know i, I pretty much identify i am sure that, that like i've been thinking about this with some of my friends retiring from nrl and football and you've identified yourself as that person for so long it's like you've been that footballer it's like sometimes yeah. it's hard to make that transition and that was happening with fighting i was like i was that person that loved that thing and it was taken away so um from my family and outsiders looking in i was i was in my lowest spot but i just knew i was going to get back there so it's like yeah i think it I went sounds out. like well it sounds like you found a bit of an identity away from fighting in the time though so as you <laughs> mentioned you're a, yeah. you're a dad now yeah um what's that been like has that impacted your your life your mentality oh man it's uh nuts um she's been she, they actually came over to new zealand for on christmas day and uh um she's getting to see what her dad does like getting punched in the face and being in the gym and <laughs> just understanding what hard work is and discipline and she's helping me sweep the mats and uh i think um i'm i'm just really enjoying being able to show my daughters like she's i've I never went on flights and like holidays and stuff as a kid and she's been to all over the world now, like Paris, Spain, like like crazy, and to be able to show like this is why you get to do that. It's been really cool as a dad. Yeah, that's something real. So you mentioned New Zealand. You're over there training, city yeah. kickboxing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you know, people again who, who aren't massive fight um, fans would know the name Israel Adesanya. Mm-hmm. He's out of that gym too. What's that been like for you training with guys like that and and the crew over there? Because from all reports, is one of the best in the business. Yeah. Well, they just won gym of the year, coach of the year. So uh, wow. I've, I've been trying to find myself for a long time. Um, I've trained at some of the best gyms in the world. And uh, this is this is my team. Like this is where I've been searching for the people, the camaraderie, uh, the skill level, like um, stuff that they is fundamentals to them and basics is stuff that I don't know or haven't got a comprehension of with martial arts. So um, that's been one of the hard things in camp, uh, not also, uh, not just the physical aspect of it, but also the skill acquisition is like uh, has been a big le- uh, learning curve. 
Yes, unreal. Now, I want to ask you, you mentioned just before, so this is brought to you by KO Sports, and we are sponsored by Shelter Brewing Co. over here on the West Coast in on mm. Backchat land. But as you mentioned, you've become a father and you've had some little tinkles in the business land. Uh, you've got a brewery, a beer company over there, Drink West with Bam Bam and the lads. How's, how's that process been? Oh, man, pretty crazy, <laughs> especially, especially to uh, – Think that it came, it was started as a joke. So, um, <laughs> we, we were off, and time was just like Bam Bam was like, um, Do you want to start a beer? Because I liked a beer more than he did. He was more of a spirits guy. I was like, Yeah, okay. let's do it. So, um, we did that. Uh, we made way too much beer because it was two fobs figuring out how much beer to buy. And uh, <laughs> then during COVID, we're like, Bro, we, when that when it arrived, we're like, All right, we're going to have to do something with this. So we're like, What else do we like? It was like wings. So we opened up a wings and beer restaurant to try and sell the beer. And it's just been pretty much a bunch of fuck ups after another until we figured out how to <laughs> really get our uh, groove on. So uh, now it's all starting to work out and uh, really been enjoying seeing um, how it's all done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been I've been enjoying your your work over there as well, lads. Um, if you haven't seen it, listeners and watchers, uh, you may have seen a bit of a viral ad put out by the boys. Um, I got a question, and if you haven't seen it, just Google Drink West and um, what about me? Uh, can I ask, is Shannon Knowles' goatee painted on? <laughs> I couldn't tell you, man. But uh, what a what a good dude. He's such a he's such a good dude. And you should have won. <laughs> Correct. Runner up. Runner up in the runner up in Australian Isle. So, uh, who came up with that idea? Was that yours or Ben? No, nah, that's all Ty. Ty. Ty's like a genius at marketing, man. Like he just knows what the people love. So that's great. He's, no, uh, that as, as you can see, why there's so many people behind him. Now, I know you've got a big day of, of media and chat, so we do appreciate your time. I want to get into your fight coming up, your upcoming opponent at UFC 284 on Sunday, Feb 12, here in Perth. Watch it on KO, order it on my event. Uh, now, one weakness of mine, like I said, I was a footy player now in the media, is my pronunciation, so if I butcher this, uh, who cares? Uh, <laughs> well, I know it's Zhang not going to be Yang. my name. So. <laughs> no, Zhang Ming Yang, is that right? Uh, yeah, no, that, sounds, that sounds good, man. All right, I think good. I don't know. Um, I haven't said it too many times. So, so you're fighting him coming up, right? What do you know about him? Yep. Um, what are you expecting of the fight? Uh, uh, not too much, to be honest. Um, like, uh, yeah, not too much. He's um, he's a dangerous striker. He's uh, um, like it's uh, it's sometimes hard to look at um the opponents of uh, some of the Ch- Chinese fighters. Uh, like obviously they're not all recorded. Like and um, some of those pub fights, right. he's because only because right. this is early, early in his UFC career, so there's not a lot of stuff to watch on him, a lot of tape. Uh, but yes. he has a he had a big knockout. Uh, but man, I just go in and do my game, and I uh, plan on putting him to sleep. And whether that's by hands or by choking him out, then it is what it is. All right, that sounds good. I'm excited with that. Um, <laughs> I read somewhere you don't watch a lot of vision. Um, you don't, you don't, you don't do a lot of watch you know, a lot you, of tape. You, you, yeah. you get, yeah, is that is that right? Like, yeah, and, and what's like, the I've, I've started. I've watched started watching more, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I watched it like probably like three times during my camp. Like one at the beginning, one in the middle, one at the end. Just like uh, but I don't know. I feel like sometimes when I watch it too much, like I'll start overthinking it, or um, like if he does this, then he does that move, and like sometimes I can get lost in my thoughts with that. So I just watch it a few times. The coaching staff watches it; they find out what details they think we'll we'll be able to exploit, and then um, we'll just work on that during the camp. So I'm still ju- I just put my trust in my team. You'll um you'll be you'll be walking out with a uh, you you uh, much renowned hat on your head when you come out mm. to fight the military hat. Can you can you quickly talk to us about? what that means and, yeah. and what that represents to you? Yeah, so my cousin was killed in um, Afghanistan uh, and I just wear that uh, hat out. Um, my auntie sent me his hat and I just wear it out to every fight. So it's like sort of just a reminder to for me to just live live my life. Like, uh, you know, it's one, but one it's for him but and I just want to, yeah, do as, do as much as I can with the time that I've got. 
Yeah, that's uh, it's special, mate. I did some reading about that and saw you do that every fight, and I'm sure he's looking down on you with great pride with what you've been able to achieve, not only in MMA, but as we've spoken about in business as a father. Um, it looks like you're doing a great job, mate. Um, look forward to having you over here in Perth. Have you been to Perth before? I know you have. Yeah. What, what are you looking yeah. forward to getting back over here? Yeah, well, it was really quiet when I went over last time. I don't know if that's how it always is, but uh, hopefully it's we'll Perth, be uh, doing a drink west after party there. So uh, it could... Um, could be some scenes, especially if Bam Bam heads over. As long as we can bring along shelter, just for just just for, <laughs> I, I know Drink West has got it on him. Just if we can bring a shelter, our beer sponsor, just one. And, bring bring uh, everyone, bring shelter, everyone, everyone can come. Well, <laughs> well, you said Bam Bam, you said Bam Bam. Um, we've got a whiskey sponsor, a Whippersnapper Distillery. They're over here in Perth. They're oh, nice. on the uh, world's greatest uh, single cast whiskey this year so uh, we might have to bring a bottle of that down as well um, the last question I got for you mate because I'm enjoying um, your work here the Aussie fight scene like what can you can you speak of that a little bit you guys look incredibly connected Australians mm. fighting in the UFC mm. um, how do you how do you view that and and you know that the facilities that the coverage of the sport here in Australia can you give us a bit of a summary your thoughts yeah it's uh, um, I've been really proud to be part of the the sort of shift that happened, uh, like uh, when I first joined in the UFC, the media still wasn't backing us at that stage. There was still like no UFC zones in the paper and it still hadn't really gotten the lift, uh, um, the recognition recognition that we were ready for. So um, Ty and I were part of that sort of shift where everyone, the media really got behind us and started helping us out. And uh, the new guys coming up, they're just getting so good. So seeing all of these badasses just come up from Australia um, and Australians getting behind them. It's been um, uh, it's been cool to be a part of and uh, I just can't wait to see what Australia does in the future. So especially we've got a champion, man, like with such a small pool of fighters and we've got a, a champ, uh, that's um, a big deal for me anyway. It really motivates me. Unreal, mate. Well, we are very excited to see you fight here in Perth. You can order UFC 284 on main event if you're not in Perth on KO Sports. Not a KO subscriber. Don't worry about that. You don't need to be, and you can still order the pay-per-view. You like some of my work here, Tyson? Yeah, Just absolutely uh, rolling these off the top. Bro, make your, <laughs> bro, do your thing. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> very good, mate. All right, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you fight, and then I'm looking forward to seeing you after for a, for a beer, mate. For uh, it's sure. been a pleasure to chat, and uh, we'll see you on the ground here in Perth. Very nice to meet you, brother. Take care. Thank you. Welcome to a special edition of Back Chat brought to you by KO Sports. We're getting into the MMA realm today. You don't want to miss one of the biggest UFC events ever in Australia. UFC 284, Sunday, Feb 12, right here in Perth. You can order it on main event on KO Sports. And you can see this man, Josh Kulabau. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. What an introduction. That's, a, that's one hell of an introduction. <laughs> yeah, it is. Now, I didn't get into your fighting uh, stats and what you've done in the, the realm of MMA. We know you're a good fighter. You're going to be fighting on a UFC card. So clearly, you know what you're doing there. Here on Back Chat, we interview a guest a week, and we like to ask the guest the same question every time. We ask, what is your greatest sporting achievement not in your chosen sport. Now, um, not in the cage. We know you can do that. You've grown up with brothers. You've done the fighting stuff. We know. Have you? What's your greatest sporting achievement not in the cage? Man, um, I'd have to say it, it, it'd be uh, when I was about 14, 15 that I, that I got selected for um, Howard Matthews, but I ended up just deciding to, to, to go down the fighting path instead of the footy path so uh that's probably one of if not the biggest achievement outside of the cage that i've done so what's um, that is that rugby league yeah. is that what that is that's right that's rugby league it's basically like the rep side for um it's basically the rep side like the the development squad the development you know like the from the ages of like 14 15 16 before you jump into like the what they call sg ball which is like um just one below the the one you see on TV. So it was basically just a development team, like a development those development years of of rugby league where they like select the you know the the next prospects, the next sort of 
footy superstars. Now, you're a featherweight in the UFC. I mean, um, you would have been taking on some big dudes there. Did you Did you think that you learnt some things on the rugby league field that maybe you've transitioned into the cage and into the fight scene uh, from a you know, competitive advantage, determination, that sort of stuff? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Actually, when I was, you know, 14, 15, 16, I was, uh, I was pushing nearly three digits. You know, I was nearly 100 kilos. I was, you know, I was a big kid. Wow. I was... And I was, you know, I was tackling and, and, you know, playing with the big boys up front. Uh, so I think I, I gained an advantage that, you know, that I'm not a, I'm not scared just because you're big, you know, I'm, I'm like, and now I'm fighting guys my actual size. <laughs> it's not, it's not a, it's not a big thing for me. I'm not, I'm not scared or anything. You know, I know I, I got the mongrel in me to, to, <laughs> to push through and then, you know, getting your face and, you know, if it gets dirty, it gets a little bit dirty. So what? <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's uh, seeing some of your fights. It looks like you fight that way as well. We're going to get into UFC 284 and your opponent for that fight a little later on. I want to go all the way back though. What, what's what's childhood like for Josh Coolabow? How, how's growing up? Uh, like I said, you've got uh, you're a brother of four. Is that is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. What, what's it um, like? What's it growing like? Growing up was. Uh, yeah, growing up was uh, obviously tough. You know, I got got older brothers, and it, it's the the hierarchy sort of trickled down, and, and the youngest always got the you know the short end of the stick. So that was me. Uh, definitely gave me you know some tough skin, you know some tough love, and yeah, it sort of uh, <laughs> built me up to be the person that I am. You know, uh, I love my brothers. They taught me a lot. You know, and uh, they taught me it the hard way. So yeah. That's good, mate. Um, we're not traditionally a UFC or an MMA podcast, but for people who, who haven't seen you fight, what, what sort of fighter are you? Tell, tell, tell our listeners, tell our audience, you know, what, what sort of fighter are you? What can we expect at 284? And I feel like uh, I'm an exciting fighter. I, I go out, I look for finishes, you know, I, I try to display what we call beautiful violence, you know, where um, I'm doing all the hurting and he's not touching me at all. Um, and I feel my fighting style, <laughs> I feel like my fighting style is um, very, very persuaded or very, what's the word? I can't think of the word, but influence. it's very, very influenced to, 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 the, to the guy I'm fighting. So like the guy that I'm fighting, he's, he's just coming, going there to sort of, you know, compete and just barely get by and win a points decision. Then, my style sort of goes to that sort of style. Like if I'm basically, if I'm fighting a boring guy, my, my, my style ends up being boring because I just go to what they do. And if I, if I got a guy that's trying to rip my head off, guess what? I'm going to be trying to rip that guy's head off too. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a very indicative, very influenced by, you know, my dance partner. So, well, but I'm, either way, I try and I try and put on a show for the for the fans. Good, that's what I like to hear. We're looking forward to watching you in action over here in Perth. Um, there's been a lot of chat for your last couple of fights. You've been training with uh, the pound for pound uh, champ Alex Volkanovski. What sort of stuff have you learned from him? Are you still training with him coming into this fight? Uh, how's that been for you as an experience? Yeah, training with him, man, is it's it's always a real eye opener. Being able to train with the the number one guy in the world, let alone the number one guy in your own weight division, too. Um, yeah, it's crazy. He he's he's never really um, told me any piece of advice. It's more so what I've seen him do, spending time with him, you know, being a part of his camps, and just being around the book is that, you know, actually speak louder than words, and he's always led by action you know he, he doesn't say too much he just sh- sort of shows up does the work and he's he is where he is because of essentially just that like he he's just the hardest worker in the gym and he's just a champion inside and outside of the cage he um he's he's a guy that is um that has never changed up just because of being the number one pound for pound guy or you know being the featherweight champion he's he's been always the same guy he you know, he hasn't let any of that get to him. So, yeah, all around, he's, he's, he's a guy that I do inspire to be like, to, to, to be, you know, true to yourself and let nothing change you up. So that's what I, I gain the most out of him is just hard work and, and being true to yourself. 
So the MMA um, you know, system for people who are watching or, or listening along, uh, it doesn't work like some other sports. You know, you've got to really grind your way through to get to a competition like the UFC, right? So, um, you know, this is your fifth fight coming up in the UFC. Uh, you debuted in 2020. Um, Feb 2020 is when you, you signed on with the UFC. Uh, you, you lost your first. I don't want to talk about the bad times, but you lost your first. You drew the second coming into your third fight. Is there a lot of pressure on you? I mean, you, you either win or you lose in, in fighting. And, and if you, you're coming off a couple of bad performances or ways it doesn't want to go for you, um, what's that pressure like coming in, you know, competing at the highest level? For sure, for sure. Um, uh, fighting in the UFC is very cutthroat. You know what I mean? They, they only want the best fighters. And if you're, if you're losing, it sort of gives them the indication that, you know, you're not a – you're not at that level and that you don't belong in the, in the UFC. So the, the pressure is always there, man, but the, the pressure is always there anyway, because there's a guy, you know, from across the world that's training to beat you up. Like, I don't understand the, <laughs> you have to have the motivation. Like there's no other way around it. Like if you don't, if, if you don't feel the pressure of, of, you know, training your ass off and training as hard as you can to, to prepare for a fight, then I don't know what's, what's gonna, what's gonna get you to, to, to do it to get you motivated to 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 compete you know UFC 275 was your last fight so you won your third fight in the UFC uh you win your four, yeah. your fourth fight so you you're two in a row and you'll be going for three in a row here in Perth uh, I watched the face off before 275 you fought a South Korean fighter I believe and there was a yeah. bit of there was a bit of something at the face off I just wanted to ask, you know, I haven't spoken to a lot of MMA guys. Is that real? Is that is are you guys like out backstage going, hey, let's give the people something here, or, or is it genuine angst it, out there with the face off? Oh man, it's it's real. Right. It's real. There's no, uh, okay. there's no like as much as it is like a, a show, and we're trying to you know get the the crowd to be like, ooh, wow. <laughs> it, it, it's definitely like you feel the, the competitive, you know the competitive um, feeling between the two where it's like, I know you've trained so hard for me and I know you've trained specifically for me. And I know, you know, like essentially we're the same, we're doing the same thing, just, you know, we're in two, two opposite ends. And then we get to that stage where we've cut weight, we've done the whole training camp, we've dieted, we've missed out on events. We've, you know, we, we've sacrificed a lot to be there. And then now this guy's standing in front of me and he's going to try and take away everything that I've worked hard for. So yeah, the, 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 I wouldn't say anger towards him, but it was, it's more like, you're not taking this away from me and mine. That's, that's what I feel, you know, you're not taking away all the, the time and effort and the time away from friends and family that I, I had to sacrifice for this. So it's, it's just more, more from a competitive mindset. I feel it's not, it's not an emotional thing. It's just, you're just not taking this away from me. It's a crazy concept because I mean, um, you, you're literally, you know, fighting for your careers and it's sometimes the first time you've ever seen that, that guy, right. Standing right across from you and you know, you're getting, you're getting to within touching distance and you're, you know, sometimes the day before, sometimes it's a day I've seen day of face off. So like, it's a pretty crazy concept, like get you guys in the cage before you get in the cage, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird because you again you do a full training camp, training specifically for a certain guy. You 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 pictured him in your head. He's been stuck in your head for so long, and now he's finally there, right in front of you, and he's he's gonna try and take away everything that you've ever worked for. Mm. Yeah, you know, you're it every I. Every fight that you have, the, the latest fight that you have is your biggest fight. So yeah. like every fight that you go into, that's, that's what it feels like. It's like I'm literally fighting life or death here. You spoke about earlier when you're back in the rugby league days when you're absolutely chopping up all the big boys. Uh, you said you're a big, you're you're a bigger guy. So uh, you mentioned their weight cutting and and you know getting down to further weight. What's that process been like for you? I know sometimes it's not an area that's like <laughs> talked about a lot. Is it is it a difficult thing for you cutting weight? Oh, it's so much fun. I love not being able to eat the foods that I want. No, I love not being able to drink beer. Yeah. No, it's 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 definitely a process that I, I've come to terms with. It's a it's a part of the sport, even though I, it shouldn't really be a part of sport. But because it's it has such a big uh, an advantage that you gain from it, it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's become a part of the sport. It's like if you don't do it, then you're sort of just cheating yourself. So um, yeah, it, it's it's. 
the way cuts, the way cuts, they're not fine. Um, but yeah, you get it done. What, what, what sort of like variation in, in weight are we talking here? Like, again, from, a, from another sport, like it's just not something that I've been involved in other than, you know, weigh-ins and weigh-outs. We do all that sort of stuff in footy. But what, what sort of variation in weight are we talking from like walking around to where you're cutting to to then the next day when you're yeah. fighting? So like essentially a lot of guys in the featherweight division walk around probably like the high 70s, like 78, 77. 79 maybe yeah. you know and they're cutting down to 66 kilos wow. um in a training in a training camp so and a training camp can usually vary from eight to ten weeks 10 to 12 weeks it depends wow. um but yeah like so a lot of the guys weigh in 66 kilos on the scale for 20 minutes but by the time they step back in that cage you know they're about 74 75 kilos wow. i'm assuming so yeah, That's and cool. then again, the, 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 if, if if I was to fight at my natural weight class, which is you know around the seventy five kilo mark, seventy seven kilo mark, I'd be I'd be fighting guys like I don't, I'm not too sure if you know Kamaru Usman or like yep. George Saint Pierre or you know these 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 these, these, these absolute monsters, <laughs> you know. So it, it doesn't make sense. So everyone everyone cuts weight to to sort of gain the advantage, but it's it's not really gaining an advantage because Everybody's doing it. So it just becomes like, okay, yeah. GSP, the absolute OG. Uh, I would not like to get into a cage with him. Um, now, let's talk about your fight coming up, UFC 284. Now, I've, I've been doing media a little bit now, and, and I would, I'm happy to self-summarize. I've gone through sport, getting direct feedback. Um, my, my greatest uh, uh, weakness is pronunciations of names. So if I absolutely butcher this, I'm very sorry. But you're up against Melsic Bagdasarian. He's a featherweight lad from America, I believe. How much do you know about him? You clearly yeah. know more than I do. Yeah, he's a uh, he's very uh, he's strong. He's a good challenge, and he's a guy like I was telling you before. Like I'm very my fighting style is very indicative of my opponent, and he's a guy that comes to he comes to hurt you. So I'm cool. I'm very excited for this fight. You know, he's he's a guy that's going to push me to to really show out. You know, to really to really shine and and you know to to really put on a good performance so uh yeah he's a he's a he's a really 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 good fighter um he's very good on the feet and yeah he likes to scrap so i think this punch on is going to be uh probably one of the, the the highlights of that whole ufc card and if not we can we can expect fireworks and expect uh someone getting finished I believe. Unreal. Him, not you. Um, I'm excited with that. That sounds great, <laughs> mate. I'm looking forward to being there. I'm going to be uh, cage side and, and watching along. A couple more questions awesome. for you before we finish up. Um, have you been to Perth before? Have you been over here? I have been. I have been once. Once actually September around September last year. Okay, yeah. unreal. Excited to get over here. It's been hot recently, about 40 degrees yesterday. Oh, great. Great, yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. It's all right. We'll have the aircon turned up at REC Arena. No worries. We'll get that um, pumping in there. A morning fight, I think, as well. I just wanted to finish on yeah. uh, the Australian fight scene and, and, and the sport in Australia. Just your views and how you see it developing, um, the facilities, the coverage it gets in the media, um, you know, the money in the sport here in Australia. And, and, and you guys look kind of connected. Australian fighters, you look connected. Can you give us a bit of a, your thoughts on the sport here in, in Australia? Um, yeah, um, I, I do feel uh, the Australian fighters, especially on the international level, don't get as much attention as, you know, uh, our rugby league teams or like, you know, any other sort of sports. Um, it'd be nice for, for us, us fighters to get sort of that same attention that these other sports do. You know what I mean? Um, that, that, that would be nice first. And um, second, the, the, the fighters just having that connection, like you just said, is, I feel like it's, um, we all come through the same, the, the same way we go through the grass promotions, grassroots promotions, and, and we build our way up all the way to being number one, sort of in the, in the region. And then we get picked up by the UFC. So there's like a, there's like an understanding of like how much work and how much sacrifice and how hard it is to get to the UFC in our region it's it's like we all have that like sort of understanding that if you make it to the UFC then you know you put in the hard work and you 
you've you've sacrificed and you know you're at that level so it's like yeah we we all have that that camaraderie of like and plus aussies always aussies always sort of band together and you know just have that sort of like that that banter that 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 sort of i don't know how to explain it but we we just have that that sort of it, it, it's like if you were to go overseas somewhere and you see another Aussie, you just have an instant connection with that Aussie. Yeah. It's just, it's just how it is. So uh, that's what I feel. That's what I feel. And I, I do feel like a lot of the, all, all the other Aussie fighters feel the same way. Yeah. Unreal. Josh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, mate. Now you've got to get onto a few other of these interviews. So uh, I want to say I'm excited to see you fight. Um, just remember you can order UFC 284 on main event on KO Sports, not a KO subscriber. Don't worry about that. You don't need to be one. You can still order the pay-per-view. Make sure you're watching. If you're in Perth, make sure you're watching. If you're in Australia, watch this, man. Josh, cool about. It's been a pleasure, mate. Good luck. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yes, welcome to a very special edition of Back Chat, brought to you by KO Sports this episode. You don't want to miss one of the biggest UFC events ever in Australia on Sunday, Feb 12. Order now on main event via KO Sports. You can get that. And you know who you can see? This man here, Jack Jenkins, the boy from Bacchus Marsh. I don't know if you know this, Jack. I'm from Geelong, so we're not too far away from each other. Uh, good to have you here, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, very well. I didn't know you were from Geelong, but there you go. Not too far down the road. Not too far down the road. Now, on Back Chat, I don't know if you've been following along with the number one podcast in Australia through December, the Sporting Podcast. We ask the same question to every guest we have on this show. Um, and I don't know if it's going to throw you or not. We're going to throw it straight at you. We, know, we want to know your greatest ever sporting achievement, not as a fighter. We know you're a great fighter. We know you've won the Contender Series. We know you've won titles here in Australia. You're a great fighter. Good work. We care, but we sort of don't care. Can you tell us what you've done out of the cage? Out of the, what, what have you done? Look, I was an under nine state hurdling champion. Uh, my co-host, Dan, who's not with us, he took, right. he took five for 16 in a game of under nines cricket. Um, didn't win the flag, though, unfortunately. That was poor by him. What have you done not as a fighter? What did you used to do as a kid? What did you do growing up? Um, it would have to come down to two, right. uh, two achievements. I won the, I won the state level three gymnastics championships as a youngster. Yes. Um, I was, I was the young gymnast. Um, wow. Level, level three though. So wasn't, I wasn't up in, I wasn't in the AIS development squad or anything like that, but okay. that was quite an achievement. That is good. Um, What's your or second? And that I was the Victorian rugby union under 16's most improved player <laughs> for the state team. So that, that was yes. pretty good. Great. Most <clears throat> improved. That's got to be, that's got to be right up there with some of the best we've heard. What's that? There were some boys in that team who went on to play rugby and, and that sort of stuff. So yeah. it's, it's, it's uh, pretty, I like it, mate. Pretty very, dust off the shoulder there, but no, nah, no, nah, that's very good. Um, you've been in the MMA scene now, though, for a while now, and that's what we're going to focus on today. I did mention off the top uh, the boy from Bacchus Marsh. Now I played for West Coast for fifteen years over here in the West. Played with Liam Duggan, who I believe he went to the same school as you. Me and Liam have been friends since we were kids. He, his uh, his mum was my teacher in primary school, wow. Nisha Duggan, and uh, yeah. So me and me and Liam went to the same primary school and the same high school. Okay, very good. So I asked Liam to ask some locals about you, Jack. Done a little bit of digging. I've got a couple of things from you. The second one's quite impressive, but the first, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I've, I've been told you've been known to cry through horror movies. Like, you've got actually a partner in crime here. I hate horror movies. They're no good. Are you a crier during horror movies, Jack? Well, maybe at once upon a time I would have been, but more so than anything, I just refuse to watch them anymore. Same. And everyone knows if, if somebody suggests a horror movie, it's just I'm out. Like I'm not interested. Same. Don't watch. I watch comedy movies to laugh. I watch feel-good movies to feel good. I don't like feeling scared, so why would I watch a horror movie? Exactly right. Couldn't be more in agreement there, mate, so I'm on the same page with you there. And uh, the second piece of information I got for you, you commonly um, challenge at least three of your mates at one time that you can beat them in a wrestle, and you've been known to do it. You can take three men on at one time, true or false? See, you've got half that, half that fable is correct. Okay. I do get jumped by three of my mates. At a time, often, um, <laughs> but it's never me that starts it. It's always them. 
And every time they cop a flogging from me, they always come back and go, next time we'll get you, next time. <laughs> oh, that's very good. It's good to hear, mate. Now, we're going to get into some of the MMA stuff. Look, we haven't had many MMA guys on here on Back Chat, but very excited to. I'm a big fan. I'm going to see you guys on the ground here in Perth uh, for UFC 284. For those who haven't seen your fight, don't know much about you, what sort of fighter are you? What sort of uh, guy are you inside the octagon? Um, high pressure, high damage, and uh, high IQ. That's that's how I would probably descri- describe myself. Unreal. That sounds exciting. I'm looking forward to watching you in action over here in Perth. Um, you've come off the back late last year, 2022. Uh, you won the Contender Series. What what is that? Can you can you tell our, our audience about the Contender Series? What does that mean for you? Yeah, the Contender Series is kind of, um, I guess, if we what we could compare it to is maybe like the draft or something where. You get they, the UFC bring in a heap of talent from around the world for an eight-week program, and they just do one-off fights. So you're a featherweight, you're a featherweight, you two fight. You're a lightweight, you're a lightweight, you two fight. And the uh, then after watching the fight, the UFC makes the call on which of the talent has uh, stood up to the test and who gets a contract in the UFC. And uh, you know, I was on the I was on the final week of the this season and uh, I fought a guy from Ecuador and, and I got my contract. We got a TKO with 30 seconds left in the last round. You've been, I, I assume, fighting for, for most of your adult life. What's what's that like? What's that moment like, uh, that that thing you've been chasing, that you know, UFC contract to have that in your hand, so to say? Yeah, it was, fucking, it was unreal, like really hard to describe how good it was because – especially because we'd been put on the back burner with COVID lockdowns and that sort of stuff. And for guys in this part of the world, it was almost impossible if you didn't already have a contract to get one. Um, So, you know, I I sort of maintained my spot as the top guy for three years before I got my chance. Um, And then if you miss that chance, it's a long time before it comes around again. Wow. Um, on, On that fight against the Ecuadorian, I got to I got to shout out uh, the the lads and ladies over at the Unlaced Podcast putting things together because just having a look around and I'm probably going to give a shout out to Ben P from Perth. Um, uh, I think he did a bit of yeah, fight he, fight preparation for you ahead of that fight. Can you tell us what happened there? Yeah, so um, Ben P shot me a message, um, and I was just I try and open up most of my message requests and get back to people who take the time to message me. And he I opened and it was this message and he said, "Hey mate." I've looked at your opponent and I've watched all of his fights and he's only lost one and he only lost it because he got a big cut above his eye. So I think if you can hit him above the eye, you might cut him open and that's a good chance. And then I said, oh, sweet, mate, thanks very much. And then he sends me these (laughs) screenshots of the guy's eye and he got the screenshot from this like Peruvian MMA website, which was all in Spanish. So this kid from Perth is going through this site in Spanish, like getting data for me from it, and uh, and then as it turned out, I got in, I got on top in the fight, and you know I was looking for some elbows, and I copped one right above his eye where he'd been cut, and it just bust open, and blood started pouring everywhere, and I thought, fuck, Ben P hit the nail on the head there, <laughs> so I uh, I hooked young Ben P up with their tickets for Perth, so he'll be at UFC 284. Unreal. I'm going to try and track him down because he should have a job in, in the game, right? I mean, that's like AFL version of someone ringing up before you're about to have a big matchup on someone and saying, I don't know, look, this guy doesn't turn left. Like, make sure make sure you stay on his right-hand side or something. Like, he's doing the work. That's amazing. 100%. 100% huge data there. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'm assuming Ben P's employed by Jack Jenkins and Co. Now, um, congratulations, Ben P, on your uh, transition into the UFC game, um, mate. You're, you're, uh, look, I, I, I sometimes think these throwaway lines that get thrown around, and then everyone asks you about it. Uh, I don't know if it pisses you off. So you win the contender series. Dana White says you're a one-trick pony, but then you follow up with him and have a chat. I've seen you had it on your social media. Um, are you looking forward to showing the world? Um, what you're made of because I've heard you speak about it before, um, potentially different fights have shown, you know, small elements, but you got a lot, a lot in your kit that I think you're going to show the rest of the world at 284. Yeah, hundred percent. And like the, that one trick pony line, you know, there's moments you can take in your career and, and things that other people say that you can, you know, you can get bitter and shitty about, or you can take it and kind of make it your own. And that's what I'm going to try and do with it is, you know, make it a defining moment where I can, 
people will start going, oh, can you believe Dana ever called that guy one trick pony? Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm going to take it, take it with both hands and run with it, and, and it's going to be, it's going to be good when they get to see that that's, uh, that's very much not the case. So you're, is it fair to say tradition, like traditionally a kickboxer? Is that your, is that your background? Um, I, I prefer to I prefer to kickbox. It's just more satisfying to win that way. Um, <laughs> but in saying that, winning's more important than than having satisfying moments in a fight. So if the if the right pathway for me in any given fight is to grapple, then I'm going to do that. But I am a kickboxer by trade. I would say that you know I, I started kickboxing before I started jujitsu, and it's this it's the part of the game that I enjoy doing the most. So if, when there's a chance to go in there and do that, I'm I'm just going to do it. Haven't you been breaking people's legs? Yeah, broken a few legs, a few legs, and I'm I'm hoping that I can get another one on in at 284. I feel like it'd be a good good way to start the UFC off with another broken leg, and you know people start you know if you once you've broken, I think that'll be my fifth. If I break his leg, that'll be my fifth broken leg. So once you've broken oh, five, shit. then you start to get a, a bit of a, a bit of a, uh, a bit of a reputation that people will be worried about. They send you over like a, I don't know, like a broken leg on top of a trophy or something. That, that's number five. You get the gold trophy, put it up on the mantle. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be something for if you once you. What about if you got to double digits? Like if you got to double digits of broken legs, there's got to be some way you can be remembered by that. That just scares the shit out of me, to be really honest. How have you, how have you trained that aspect? Have you have you trained locally for your career? Have you have you gone overseas? You know, Thailand, America. Where where is your training been? Yeah, I spent a little bit of time in Thailand, but it's just one of those things where you you play with what you get given. Like you would know in football, there's some guys who are really good jukes overhead and tall, and they can use that to their advantage. Some guys that have big tanks. Some guys that have really good really good kicks. One of the things that I always had is I, I was never super gifted with big power in my hands, but I've always been able to just generate a really good amount of power from my kicks. Um, so I've taken that and gone, all right, well, I've got the power. I just need to get the timing, which is the part that takes a lot of work. Um, so, and I've got the timing down pat now where I can, I can see people's rhythm and see how they move and then time kicks to, to my advantage. So UFC 284 over here in Perth, RAC Arena, uh, your opponent, again, my pronunciation is terrible, so if this is right or wrong, I apologise. Don Shainus, your opponent in the featherweight division. Is that correct? What do you know about him? Um, yep. Uh, what are you expecting out of him as a fighter? Uh, yeah, Don, Don's got a good record. Um, he's, built up, he's built up quite a solid little um, profile outside of the UFC. There's nothing you can really take from his last UFC fight. He fought. He came in and fought a top five guy on a couple of days' notice as a late replacement, wow. and that's how he got his shot in. Um, so you can't take much from that. I'm sort of looking back a little bit further at his performances before that, and he's he's you know a bit of an all rounder. He's kind of explosive. He's got kind of good wrestling. He's got kind of good striking, and he, and he picks and picks and chooses what he wants to do depending on the opponent he goes against. I just think I'm going to be a bit strong everywhere. I think once I think. You know, you you'll be there, so you'll see. I think early on in the fight, he's going to want to strike with me, and then once once I get the range there, he's going to be shooting and trying to push me to the cage. And once I start defending that, that's when I'll really start teeing off. What's your prep been like before the fight? Yeah, really good. I um, came back from Vegas, had a couple of weeks where I was sort of just training on and off. You know, maybe a day on, a day off, just while my hands and stuff healed up from the fight, um, and then. Uh, for probably the last six weeks, I've been training twice a day every day, so that puts me at a twelve-week camp, which uh, you know is nice and long. But I, I, I prefer to have them longer than shorter. Um, so, got um, yeah, been getting in. I think I've got about two hundred people flying over from Bacchus Marsh to, <laughs> to Perth. There are uh, they've booked they've booked a few a few different hotels, which will be good. So uh, yeah, now I'm just I don't really get to see anyone when I'm in fight camp. I don't see my friends. I don't really see my family. Um, so it's a good opportunity. They're all going to be over there and hopefully get to celebrate a win afterwards. Now it's not an, an Australian fight car, but there's a lot of Aussie guys fighting. What, what's, what's that like? You speak about friends and family coming over from Victoria, um, to fight in front of those sort of people. Does that mean more? Is it, is it something that means more to you when you're fighting or is it irrelevant? Where does it sit for you? Um, not so much for the fight. Like I, I couldn't care less if my family are there watching the fight or anything like that because I'm such a different person during that you know from when I walk out to the end of the fight like it's all business for me so I don't I don't really care you could put me in front of 
you know, 50,000 Brazilians all booing me and it wouldn't phase me just as much as you could put me at Marvel with a heap of people from Melbourne, like, cheering me on and it wouldn't bother me. Um, but afterwards, it's really nice afterwards to be able to see people and, and, and kind of enjoy the moment with them. I, I want to ask you about a few fighting-specific things that I've always wondered about. Um, your walkout song, how much time do you spend on it? What is it? How, like, what's that process? It excites me. Ah, uh, yeah, it excites me too. Yes. It's all different for me. Like I just go based on what I'm feeling in like the couple of weeks leading up. But one one thing that's a pretty good thing for me is I run a lot and you would have been around here a lot, but I'm li- like I live pretty close to the MCG, yep. like near Fitzroy Gardens and that sort of stuff. Yep. And uh, all my runs I do are usually at night, like around 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And uh, as I run, I, I try and like get to the end of my sort of 10 or 12K loop and whatever song kind of like, gets you up and about towards the end of the the longer runs that's usually what i'll go with that and it doesn't matter if it's like a a gangster rap song or if it's like an 80s banger or whatever it is whatever i'm feeling during that last bit of the fight camp i'll usually go out to that okay i like that i want to put something across the board for you these are local lads out of thornley it's honestly thornley's yep. got a bit of bacchus marsh about it so just think think bacchus marsh but west australian version great place to live um everyone loves it Bacchus yep. Marsh, Thornley, same deal. Uh, uh, they're called the Southern the yep. Southern River Band. So they, uh, they've they got some absolute bangers. Chimney, I'd throw Chimney out there. Um, there's a couple more. I, I just just chuck that in the playlist, see if that tickles your fancy at all. Oh, what's it, what are they called? The Southern River Band. Southern River Band, lads out of Thornley. They, they – kind of be a big deal over here in the west i think if you played it you'd bring the house down so i'm just putting that across the board you seem like the sort of guy that i think might like their music i like something i i, I have always thought with the walkout tunes it's good if you can get some kind of connection to wherever you are like so if you're in perth and it's a perth band i feel like that would be that would be on brand i'll, I'll send across some songs on socials I'll, I'll flick you a couple of options uh it'd be great to see you walk out to them um mate have you been to perth before um, I've been only once and it was, I was cornering one of my teammates for a fight. So I was kind of in, we weighed in, we fought and then we left. So I've not actually seen much of Perth or enjoyed any of it. What, what's, what's the, what's the Aussie fight scene like? I've asked all the guys this, um, how, how do you sort of see it in your eyes, the, the coverage it gets, the, the facilities around the country, is it matching it with, with, with other countries is it on the way up? Is it, can it be better? You know, how, how do you sort of see all of that? Um, I think we're sort of in the midst of or coming into a golden era in terms of our own talent pool. Um, there's so many good guys. And in terms of facilities and coaching, you can go state to state and pick up, I could name you people who I would think would be absolutely world-class coaches in any one of the states. Um, so obviously over in Perth, you've got Scrappy MMA and, and Ben Vickers and those guys, brilliant coaches, you know, world-class um, you know, in Sydney, you've got Igor MMA, who I think is really good. In Melbourne, you know, I, I think we, what we've got at Absolute and Andy Colgrave, um, you know, those guys are world-class coaches. So in terms of facilities and stuff, we're right up there in the world. In terms of the way our media and stuff gets covered, I think we like leave a lot to be lacking. Um, you know, we're getting better with, I think, a lot of the more you know, boutique brand media guys like yourself and that are really doing a good job of exposing more of the MMA athletes, whereas the mainstream media more tend to shy away from it. Um, You know, whether that's a little bit of stigma about it that still remains or whether that's just, you know, the way it is. Um, I think a little bit of tall poppy syndrome as well. Like in MMA, you kind of have to be the guy that says, no, I'm the man and I'm going to be the man and I'm going to beat this guy. And that's kind of a little bit, contrary to the, the way Australians talk yeah. like you would know being in the f- football world it's not like the way you talk to each other in the locker room and on the field is completely different to the the persona that you guys give the media whereas we're not like that we sort of have to give it up otherwise we're never going to make any money because it's you're right so yeah there's two different aspects well because it's just you right like it's it, it's it's sorry, your yeah. it's your brand like it's just you do you, do you have to spend time thinking about that yeah, for sure. I think the one thing is you think about it a lot and I think what I what I try to do when I think about it is how can I be myself and be super authentic but also, you know, there's parts of me that are fucking boring and I don't want to show anyone that, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, so how can I find the parts of myself that I, you know, I'm really, I'm being honest but 
people are actually interested in. You can't make bullshit up because people see through bullshit. But you also can't just be vanilla and bland and boring because then no one gives a fuck about you anyway. Yep, fair, fair. Um, I don't, you don't seem vanilla and boring to us, mate. Um, I'm sure that's not an act. Um, we've got a couple of good sponsors over here that I think once you get over here to the West, we might be able to just sort you out with a couple of little ones, little shelters, our beer sponsors, Whippersnapper Whiskey, might be able to sort yep. something like that for you. Yep. So we're going to be on the ground. Um, we're going to see you here. Looking forward to it, mate. Um, yeah. Plenty of, now you've had a big day of interviews ahead. Make sure you order UFC 284 on my main event on KO Sports. You don't need to be a subscriber. Um, you just need to pay up, pay-per-view, main event, KO Sports. You can see this man, Jack Jenkins, break his fifth leg. And uh, I can't wait, mate. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Thanks very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 